Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. On this episode, you'll be catching my friend Stephanie and I in the midst of final season. We're both students at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. She's in the East-West Psychology MA program, and I'm in the Philosophy, Cosmology, and Consciousness MA program. And for some crazy reason, we got together and recorded a podcast um, during finals. But I think that part of what we ended up talking about in this episode was how to move through the kind of work hard consciousness versus ease. And that part of our process in this period of accelerated you know, work and having to turn a bunch of assignments in and produce things that you need to go have fun or do other things and kind of um, follow your intuition and not just kind of drive your head down into the desk and do the thing. I guess there may be other times, perhaps Saturn transits or whatever, that people may feel compelled to, you know, grind, if you will. But I think that both of us were, you know, holding that complexity in our experience of working, studying, and figuring it out. We opened up the Akashic Records on this episode, which was so cool. I got some really amazing insights about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction from her and from the Akashic Records. Um, This really poetic image about what the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is that I'm excited for you to hear. I also asked her about the Dharma of this podcast and what you as podcast listeners have in common. And I was really tickled and like surprised by the answer. Like I didn't, I didn't really think about what the answer would be. So it was really nourishing to hear and also just really exciting um, kind of like perspective on what is the pull or the draw of this podcast. And, you know, in a sense, what kind of vibe, what kind of topics can I speak more to on this show? And what was uncovered was something about, you know, clairvoyance and grounding these other ways of knowing into normal reality, which has been a low-key mission of mine. Not really low-key, but a mission of mine for years, which is to normalize magic, normalize astrology, normalize alternate ways of knowing, normalize psychic capacity, you know, all of that. Because it's not like it goes away if it's not considered normal. The problem is that when it's not considered normal, people who are sensitive to it are much more likely to suffer from mental illness, which is what can happen when you're aware of other realms, but you don't know how to manage your psychic sensitivity or to create boundaries. And it goes farther than that too, where it's like if you're sensitive, you can feel the the suffering of others and hold on to it without knowing that you just received someone else's or the collective stuff. And, you know, having the awareness that emotions or feelings or vibrations can pass in and out of us, you know, that our brains aren't just these like iron fortresses where everything that happens inside of our own head belongs to us. And is this like mechanical brain chemical process, but that we're actually kind of more porous than that. And especially even the more so that you are, the more vulnerable that you are to picking up on frequencies. And if you are a person who picks up on frequencies, wouldn't it be so much better to know how to do that intentionally, how to tune the radio station so that if you'd like, you can tune into the Bliss channel 
and just have a great, amazing day and tune into the vibration of masses of people being happy or just this kind of expansive field of play and opportunity, because why not? It's not to say that if you tune into that kind of vibe or that kind of channel that you can't also address reality, take care of things that need to get done, or be a compassionate person who is doing something about the suffering on this planet. It's not just about escapism, but it is about having access to those higher states of emotion so that you can be nourished by them. Definitely in my own path of being like an entrepreneur and like creating my online business, it's come from a lot of visualizations and bliss states where I imagine the best possible reality, you know, what I would like, and I just picture it in all this detail. And then when the visualization is done, and it's imprinted itself deeply on me, I discover how I can do tangible things in reality, like physical concrete actions to bring that dream down to earth. So I think that emotions or feeling states like hope and fantasy and imagination have an actual utility. And this thing about sensitive people being vulnerable to mental illness is something that comes up a little bit on the show as Stephanie and I both have in common this past of having a diagnosis of something and being at a place in our lives where we've kind of just shrugged off that diagnosis, like literally don't identify with it, don't experience those symptoms, but have found a lifestyle and a spiritual path that bring us happiness and also ideas along those lines um, that are more holistic, that help us address difficulty or challenges in life in a different way outside of the paradigm of mental illness and traditional psychology. I really adore Stephanie and I love the example that she sets about choosing to live in a blissful, abundant reality. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast and do let us know on Instagram what you think about the episode. Um, I'll be sharing uh, the links to our profiles in the show notes and enjoy. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Should we do any kind of like grounding or prayer intention? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll open up the records in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> My intention for this podcast is to just naturally let whatever information needs to come through without any inhibition and without any judgment and to really come into the essence of both of our energies and yeah, like the alchemy of our energies to come together and like come to fruition through through this transmission, literally. <laughs> oh my God, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And to just have fun and and play with, um, with the wisdom and inspiration that wants to come through. Aho. Um, my intention is to speak from my heart and so like drop into my heart space or integrate my head and heart and mm. just to be really like grounded in essence and the yeah alchemy that we create on this episode mm. you said it's so good <laughs> um okay i'm gonna start hi stephanie welcome to the magic of the spheres thanks for being here 
Thanks, Sabrina. It's such an honor to be here. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get into the Akashic Records with you. I think that all of the listeners are really in for a treat. Um, it's really beautiful to hear the language of that space and just the the way it feels. It lands so good. Um, I got a reading from you. It was probably about a month or a month and a few weeks ago, and it's really impacted me. And I think back to it often. Um, so I guess I want to ask you to start out with, um, if you could tell us about yourself and the journey that's led you here and what you do. Mm, Whenever someone asks me that question, I always, always tap back into my teenage self because that was the first really juicy, pivotal moment of It's funny I said moment because it's a span of years and now it feels like a moment. But uh, that was the time where I had the most darkness to work with. And it was from like this, this pit of rock bottom that propelled me into who I am today. And more so propelled me into into the, the field yeah, the field of meditation. And so I'll start with with the story of how I first came into meditation and what it felt like in my first experience of meditation. I was in a really, really dark place in the sense that I had just come from a really tumultuous relationship with my mental illness. I had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and uh, clinical depression. And I was- stranger to that here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I imagine that a lot of people aren't too, you know? And it's funny how when I was first diagnosed, I felt this initial sense of relief of like, okay, this is, this is what's wrong with me. And in that sense, it was almost more tangible for me to like work with and break through. Um, so having come from that, having been within that mind frame for about a couple years now, um, I, it was really random how I was on Tumblr and I used YouTube and Tumblr actually a lot for like just searching for questions. And I was on this like cusp of making a habit of like researching why am I feeling this way? Why was this interaction with this person this way? Or what can I do with these types of thoughts? And so on Tumblr one day I had what felt like randomly came across a meditation post. And it was a very basic, like one, two, three, this is how you meditate. First, you close your eyes and then you take a deep breath and then you feel things or you don't feel things. (laughs) And I was like, huh, you know, I I could really do this. Um, And I, for context too, I had just um, gotten out of, a long-term relationship in my eyes back then. And I was at this point of just wanting a break from them, just wanting a break from 
the guilt and shame and low self-esteem that it came with. Uh, I just, yeah, I just really wanted to like stop having these thoughts. Um, so I went ahead and I closed my eyes and I took a deep breath. And for the first time in my life, I was be able, I was able to detach from my thoughts and sort of just observe them from a very like cool and objective space. And the further I just melted into this space, <laughs> the more I was trying not to be like freaked out by it and just like excited by it because I was trying to like sink into it. But I remember this moment I was just like, oh my God, I am not my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. I'm going to have a multitude of thoughts uh, on like a broad spectrum of emotions. Like I'm not crazy just for thinking these really, really insane, negative, charged thoughts about myself. Like I can actually pick and choose which ones I want to be and therefore create my ad identity essentially in that moment. <sighs> And I remember like opening my eyes after that and seeing I was outside on my patio and I opened my eyes and like the trees and like the leaves on the trees were so much greener. My flesh, my skin, like I looked down at my hands and everything just looked so much more vibrant and I felt so much more spacious in my being. Like I had tapped into this into this space of home that now I, now I like to call it as home. Retrospectively, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, I need more of this in my life. And it wasn't until later down the road that I realized that this is our soul's essence. This is how we're meant to feel all the time that this is what our soul is what our uh what our heart center is and and slowly from that day i began subconsciously making the decision that i wanted to always live from that space and always um just operate from that space and always be able to come back to it that's so beautiful it's um that's like an awakening basically and it sounds like a really like gentle blossoming awakening like there was yes. kind of some turmoil and emotional stuff before then and then one day kind of this magic lifting of a veil and you realized your essence and how to live there yes. and yeah I just love that <laughs> um so what are you currently up to? What are you currently excited about? Well, in about 6.5 days, <laughs> I'm graduating from graduate school with my master's degree and I'm 25 years old and yet I still feel like I'm 13 years old. <laughs> At the same time, I also feel like I am this 89-year-old crone, you know, all in one. And... 
I'm not excited specifically about obtaining this degree, but it's I recognize recognize it and also treat it as this sort of rites of passage or a portal into a new phase of of mastery in my life. And this is also the first phase of my life where I'm not immersed in like the student paradigm and of of learning and learning and taking in so much information I feel so ready to just serve and to be there for people and to give whoever crosses my path whatever it is that they need for me uh so yeah I've had a lot of dreams lately of sort of Like the other night, I had this dream of being late to class and having to jump out of my lift and run through this dark, muddy tunnel that was on the side of the freeway. And when I got to my class, I was trying to tell the teacher why I was late because, I mean, look at me, I'm covered in mud and I'm covered in like all this stuff that I had to go through. And I look down and I'm wearing white clothing and it's pristine, it's clean. There's no sign of anything. Whereas (laughs) the whole time I was thinking that I was like, just going to be covered in like, what I feel like is archetypally fear or um yeah just doubt something something bad I don't know (laughs) I got chills through my like crown when you were telling that and I've been seeing a lot of lights on your face too since we've sat down which is really cool that is so validating like you're in your essence (laughs) (laughs) and that's really cool I feel like too that graduate school is a rite of passage and that as we're approaching the end um there's that you know those dreams I've had some nightmarish or like stress dreams about school recently Mm. too which is not a normal dream motif for me but it's constellating around like the school year yeah um but I just love the image of you arriving and like (laughs) the pristineness at the end after you go through all this stuff yeah it's like the dream was trying to show me that, hey, it feels like you're going through this dark tunnel that's filled with all of your worst fears, but in reality, it's to go through it, to come out in the end and realize that none of it was real, that you just had to go through it to realize that it wasn't real. (laughs) That's such a good message, because I feel like that's what fear is in a way, like this paper tiger thing. And we get so wrapped up in it or so twisted by it. And then when it comes down to it at like a much deeper level, it's just an illusion. Yes. So, but then we still have to go through this process and even just like being humans, right? So I want to ask you too about the Kaushik records and this training that you recently did. I feel like this is a good segue (laughs) to talk about what the Akashic records are. And I also would just love to know your experience um, of your consciousness expanding from it and how that has been something you've been integrating. Yeah, the Akashic records came to me through a sort of teacher and really good friend named Daniela, who I've been in contact with and just in relationship with ever since I 
dreamt up of moving to California and just pursuing this lifestyle and this graduate degree. And so she was the one that sort of blossomed into the field and brought it down from the ethers so that I could even know what it was. And I had sessions with her before that were of a meditative and almost psychic nature that really propelled me into just who I am today. But when I had an Akashic record reading with her, it was at a really, really pivotal time of me coming into my womanhood and what creativity means. And it was so life-changing that I decided to do the training. And in the training, I realized that it's a much more focused sort of pathway of what my initial experience of meditation was. It felt very similar in the sense that I felt like I was coming back home to myself and really coming in touch with my soul's essence, but it was much more overwhelming, really, in the sense that I was able to become more in touch with my spiritual team. Like, yeah, like our spiritual team that we actually all have, which encompasses our masters, teachers, and loved ones, which is what they're called in the Akashic Records. And so coupled with being in touch with my soul's essence of just radiant love, is what it is. It's the best way I can explain it. And with the messages of our masters, teachers, and loved ones, and just of the presence of them was so... It literally felt like someone had my heart in their hands and just opened the lid to it and like poured love into it (laughs) and like vibrancy and radiance just into it. And I was just like, oh, I want to give this to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's so beautiful. That's um, I can connect that to like evolutionary astrology and like the Scorpio archetype and Mm. empowerment. And that when souls find like true power, so not like force or power over, but like real, like the nobility of the soul and our our power, that there's this natural desire to just share it. And Mm. yeah, I just really... um, I feel that in your field, like you have a lot of positivity and inspiration and that just the way that you live and are, you know, emanates this (laughs) experience that you had. So I love getting to know um, how it started. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. And I feel like I want to preface that a little more because before before I dove into meditation and before I even knew what that was, when I was in this headspace of identifying myself with mental illness, I literally remember telling my mom, I hate people. I never want to be around people. I don't like the world. I don't like myself. I, I was so cynical towards the world. And I think that it's something, it's a place that we all as humans have probably all experienced at some point or another and have, you know, different like 
time durations within them, but I wasn't just born that way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really glad you bring this up too, because I think I might even just add this back into the intro also, but just when talking about mental illness, both of us are people who don't identify with labels that we've been given. Yeah. Um, And it's like teenagers, you know, or even me when I was 21 getting a diagnosis when like we've found these other spiritual ways of aligning with reality that have given us a lot of well-being. So I just think that's really important. Yeah. I'm glad you looped back around to that. Yeah. And it was really validating and just reassuring and you sharing your story with me because they're very similar in the sense that like there's a there's a part of you that knew that that wasn't who you were and yet you had to still put on that mask to your parents or to just authority in general so that you could get through it and kind of gain some um like a repertoire that you weren't quote unquote crazy or however you want to call it yeah you know and I think it's really important to voice things like that because a lot of people, just a lot of people that you would have never thought go through that too. Totally. Yeah. And I've heard people talk about mental illness in a sense of still identifying with it, which is, I think it's great to get rid of the stigma, but I didn't hear a lot of voices talking about like, Hey, I got diagnosed with mental illness and I chucked that diagnosis out the window and (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I'm like, that's what I want to hear more about, you know? Yes. And yeah. So one thing, I guess, before we get started into the like channeling kind of portion. I just want to know a little bit more about what the Akashic Records are. So the Akashic Records are the subtle energetic imprint of everything that ever was, everything that is, and everything that ever will be. And this is because it is infinity in a sense so of course it's going to contain everything that was just everything everything in general but it's from a much higher perspective and from the vibration of love and love is the highest frequency that there is and so in this paradigm in this field you will find information quite objective information actually about the situation at hand about the notion that you're thinking about or that you have questions about or the person that it's about or just anything anything on in this world has a vibrational essence to it and so it's able to give you the highest frequency sort of summary about it that you need to know That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I bet that does a lot to transform just like kind of normal routine, everyday thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're able to just kind of strip something away from any, any limited human perspective that you have. You're able to just like take it for what it is and then decide how you're going to work with it and, and then decide what perspective you're going to put on it or what lens you're going to put on it or what guidance you want to take from it. How has um, the Akashic Records changed your day-to-day life? It has allowed me to 
even decide if I want to drink coffee or tea that day. And it it's not so much about like like the information that it tells me because it doesn't just tell me, yes, you should do this. It just tells me how tea is going to vibrationally affect my body. And it takes me through this like little visualization of like how my body will feel for each option. And then I can decide from there. And usually it's so quick, but it's not a forceful kind of quick of like, you need to do this. It's like a a very subtle, like, okay, now this is what I want to do. And it's like clarity and direction and like, boom there. And then you just like take the next step and you're able to like, I'm able to just go throughout my day so much more easily and gracefully because of that. And you also do readings for people. Yes. Right. We should talk about that at the end of the episode too. So people can contact you because I got a reading from you a little bit ago and just the things that you said about like talking with other people will be like teleporting into other realities Yeah, has changed my perspective about all my interactions. It's like actually teleporting. So just the imagery and the insights that come through have really impacted me. So I'm really excited to find out um, what the records have to say about some of these questions that we've collected from listeners. And then I've added in a few that I thought about. Lovely. Um, So how do we start? So I start with a prayer and the first part is spoken and the last part is silent. And then I'll announce when the records are open. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) Spirit, support me into coming into an elevated and expanded state of consciousness so that I may come into vibrational alignment with your perspective. Set aside the totality of my personality so that I may become a clear channel for your divine and loving guidance. Allow me to know the listeners of the Magic of the Spheres podcast through the mind of the Akashic Records and allow me to see the viewers of the Magic of the, the Spheres podcast through the eyes of God. And allow me to communicate the messages of their masters, teachers, and loved ones with integrity, clarity, and grace.
And so it is. The records are now open. What will help the listeners of this podcast discover their life purpose? Mm. To tap into the very first thing that makes you excited because that is where you'll find the most expansiveness, the most momentum, the most clarity, and to take it and run with it. Take it and run with it and know that that is exactly what the world needs. That is exactly what, even on a more direct and smaller scale, that is what your family needs. That is what your friends need. That is what your community needs. There is always an audience for your purpose and your gift. There is always an audience for your highest excitement. In fact, it is important to know that it is such a disservice to ever throw on the mantle of guilt and shame and repression of it because your purpose is literally what makes what fuels your cells, what gives you life, what gives you your ability to breathe, what gives you your health, what gives you the ability to walk, to get out of bed. It is your birthright. And also know that the process of coming into touch with what judgments you have around your purpose or what you're supposed to be doing and what external voices and opinions that have had an effect in creating resistance for you to follow it and embrace it, that's all part of the process. It's all part of the beautiful unraveling of of your soul it's the whole human experience is is witnessing and embodying this this unraveling of yourself like like layers in a cake until you get to the strawberry jelly center <laughs> because if you are always that strawberry jelly center then you would just be that and it would be great all the time. And the purpose of being a human and of participating in this treasure hunt of, of following your purpose or of even identifying your purpose, it's what makes everything so fun. And so don't, don't necessarily judge the judgment or judge the guilt know that it's all it's all part of the process and it's what makes everything so fun one of the listeners asked what is the purpose of suffering in the grand scheme of things 
the purpose of suffering is to provide the contrast Suffering is a sort of, is the impetus or the driving force with which our human body registers as needing to obtain greater health or greater well-being. Without it, we wouldn't know or we wouldn't have as much sort of inspiration or a drive to even get to this optimal state of well-being or whatever our vision of well-being and health is. Suffering in a sense is so good. And it, it may sound... Um, sort of morbid but whenever I hear about someone just going through this intense just transformation of something really horrible that might have happened to them the Akashic records are sort of like yes yes like this is what you need this is what you need in order to even like wipe your eyes clean or to like cleanse that which no longer belongs to you and that is like filling you up with 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 dirt Uh, suffering is like suffering is what does that it yeah it's just the driving force of you to come into greater relationship with it and so that it's in your face so that you can't ignore it to then be able to shed another layer of yourself and to be able to go through a sort of death of yourself to come back into a more more radiant and, and living being. Thank you. I'm going to zoom into some magic of the spheres questions and then zoom back out to collective type questions. Um, One of the questions is, what is the dharma of this podcast? Hmm. The dharma of this po- of this podcast is for you as the host, us as the participants, to form this sort of fusion and collective uprise of a greater embodiment of our clairvoyant nature, of our subtle energetic body, and to be able to create a more grounded, 
approach towards how we view it. So in other words, bringing it, like I'm getting this vision of, of the, of society's perception of clairvoyance and clairaudience and of all of these sort of grander abilities that we have as humans, these etheric abilities. And it's seen as like this pseudoscience or this thing that's unreachable, this thing that people are only born with. But this podcast is meant to like bring it back down like a few good notches down into the earth to be able to say, this is here for all of us. This is all in our inherent nature. This is a place. This is a an ability that we are all born with and that we all can create language around and that we all can live a lifestyle within. Yay, I love that. <laughs> Um, then what do Magic of the Spheres podcast listeners share in common besides listening to this podcast? Mm. Wow. So we all have in common this karmic, this karmic patterning that we're all trying to break out of from an ancestral lineage and also past life experiences where our communication and our messages and our our lifestyles were shunned upon and that we were even killed for that we were chased down for And we all have this immense need and drive and inspiration towards breaking out of this, breaking out of this sort of trauma and of, I literally feel like more air coming into my like throat chakra and my throat of just like expanding, expanding your voice and expanding your ability to take in your unique sense and your unique imprint of life force and of purpose and of speaking it with clarity and of speaking it with vindiction and of speaking it with power, with the knowing that it's literally the puzzle piece to what everyone else needs, to whoever is in our life, whatever our particular interpersonal constellation is, that our message is exactly what, what they need and vice versa. And so we're all here sort of creating this new language, this new, like electromagnetic field even like it, it's 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 of a core vibrational essence 
What's the nature of the evolution happening on the planet right now? There's a growing sort of awareness of reconstructing our perception with authority and of reconstructing what authority means for us and how it's actually meant to serve us. And because of that, there's sort of this like like outward fluctuation from the polis or from society, from the working class out, like moving outwards from this distorted sense of authority and of government to be more specific. And all of this is so that we can be that authority and society can be brought back together. There needs to be like space in between. There needs to be um, a movement of pioneering, of bringing information from just different ways of being from the earth, from other cultures, from our own from our own soul's home from our ancestry from different religions there's this like outward movement into taking bits of those inf- pieces of information and ways of living back towards back towards um back towards center in a way like authority really feels like like the center in which or the core that we're trying to reconstruct and become more comfortable with in a way and it's all spirit it's all in divine orchestration if you look back in history there's always this there's always this outward movement of society moving outwards and away from government and away from agreeing with their government and then coming back. And then that's when a society is like thriving and um, just growing in popularity and in landscape and in territory and in power. And then it flows society like wants to move back out again. And it's just like this dance of like society, like moving closer to the authoritative center and then moving away again and then moving back again. And it's all like different perspectives that we can get to know ourselves with how we are in relationship to ourselves and also how we are in relationship to the collective and to society. What are the kinds of thinking or what paradigms would we be served to let go of right now as a collective? Mm. 
Nothing needs to be forced. Nothing needs to be forced or fought over or fought for. Everything is flowing organically and easily and gracefully. Even though there are people in buildings and on concrete streets, we are still nature. We are still earth in the sense that there is a higher knowing. There is a higher law and order to all things. And so to be able to just gracefully flow with that knowing and to just be able to always come back to our our soul our our soul's loving essence is simply all that we need to do And if you tap into this feeling of our soul's essence, it's it's just much easier because it's literally just being. It's knowing the discernment of what we need in the moment in each and every moment and to just start there. And then everything else will just fall into place. that panic and guilt and projection whether it's individually or collectively is just it's draining it's tiring so to literally just be thank you A lot of people who are listening to this podcast are aware of the Saturn Pluto conjunction that we're currently in and that will be forming an exact conjunction in 2020. Mm. Um what would the Akashic records say is the medicine of this transit? The medicine of this transit is to learn how to essentially trust and to operate from a place of feeling. The Saturn Pluto conjunction can very much feel like you are in this open wide forest that's just filled with this dense fog. and mist where you can't even see like 3 inches in front of you and all you can do is like close your eyes and feel the next step 
in which to go and feel where your blockages are, where you're limiting yourself in order to sort of like burst through them and to gain trust in operating from this place of feeling in operating from our intuition. They're showing this image of someone being in this really misty, foggy forest and them closing their eyes and only closing their eyes after much deliberation, after much like reprimand towards themselves and finally closing their eyes and being able to see the pathway in front of them with like this infrared vision of like all of the trees lined with this like red lining as this infrared vision and finally realizing that we have this internal knowing that we don't need to physically and and tangibly like need proof for everything that's in front of us in order to then act on it. That wherever we need to go in our next step is all we need to focus on. That there isn't this need to plan out a security, like a a career with this long-term security and then how you're going to gain health insurance and then how you're going to obtain a 401k for retirement and how you're where you're going to retire that in actuality you will always have this sort of infrared map towards where you are destined to be. And of course, there's no right or wrong place to be, but there is always a more high vibrational place to be. There's some places that will take you into resistance and there's places or choices that will take you into this greater embodiment of love and of vibrancy and of expansiveness and of creativity and of life force. And that just by thinking, just by envisioning whatever that may be for you, you will always feel it. Always, always. What are some ways that the listeners of this podcast are contributing to the the thriving or the health of the world? By listening to this podcast, it's generating this really, really cool, um, like... 
there's a lot of a lot of energy and not like synthetic energy not not the type of energy that like having too much coffee will give you but it's of like this really this energy that comes from everyone's heart space that like fills them up to the point where they want to they want to share it with other people and it just like causes this ripple effect and it's sort of like it's like spiritual nutrients in a way <laughs> i'm 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 envisioning like this line of people and they're like the first person is standing there with like this this like bowl of like green apples and they're like wow i have all these green apples and they're like tossing them over to each other like back towards the line and, and like somehow like each person is like coming up with more green apples and there's just like this abundance of like food that everyone wants and they're all just like giving it away towards each other because it's like making them happy and they want to make other people happy and so that's kind of like what this this podcast is doing and uh yeah it's really exciting it's causing this really cool (laughs) ripple effect yeah (laughs) um see what else i think another listener wanted to know about how to open the heart and move into a space of joy Mm. (laughs) i'm getting the sense that there's there's some sort of some people have like like wooden doors over their hearts. Some people have steel over their hearts. And in opening your heart in a, in a human experience, sometimes it feels really painful because it requires you to sort of turn around on like the edge of this cliff and just free fall like dive backwards and trust that someone's going to be there at the bottom to catch you or that there's going to be this big fluffy fluffy cloud there to catch you but once you're able to get through that it's almost like an addicting feeling of opening your heart <laughs> Of being able to like then run like looking forward off of a cliff with your new like angel wings <laughs> and knowing that you have these angel wings to fly with and like diving straight into love. And so I think much of opening your heart is this sense of unwavering trust and faith. And it's a practice. It's a practice. But after each sort of roadblock or layer or door is broken through, it becomes so much, so much easier after that and addicting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that feels like medicine to me. <laughs> Another person asked, um, how do we know what is right for us? You'll know it's right because literally like all of you will feel all of your veins being pumped with your own blood. <laughs> you'll feel all of your all of your cells like like jumping and jittering around and almost like this electricity going down your legs and this fire this fire being like stirred up in your belly <laughs> and this like like electricity being sparked in your throat and this tangling sensation in your head and it's going to feel and look different for everyone but the core of the core of what's joyful of what feels joyful is expansiveness is being able to think of any idea and any thought and being able to tell yourself yeah I can do this and then slowly watching every step towards that kind of present itself to you. Even sometimes like on a silver silver platter. It's like, here you go. This is what you want to do. There's no resistance towards this. Here. Here's everything you need for it. And so that's what, what joy feels like is following that and running with it. And again... There's this core sense of authentic trust that is coupled with that. It just feels really good. It feels It feels so good to feel joyful. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me think about, you know, shifting paradigms in a sense, because there is a lot of conditioning around how the good things should be really hard to come by and we have to work hard and that no pain, no gain. Um, how would people kind of transition into a more pleasure or joy-based reality? How can they get through that resistance? The only time when this, this sense of grit or hard work is necessary is when there isn't trust in that what you're building is going to be worth it and that it's going to become come to fruition in some sense or another. And the only time when there's pain or this notion that hard work is, is necessary in order for us to be joyful is when there isn't an embodiment of your heart space and of of operating from your intuition, from your infrared vision. (laughs) 
almost immediately once you're able to come into contact with with pain or this judgment upon yourself or upon anyone that hard work is required in order to be in your greatest essence and to be in in your in your destiny's path <laughs> they keep showing me this vision of like someone laying down like carpet in a house and like of having all of the four walls up and not being able to like see outside of anything and just like being so focused and so like ingrained in this one task of like laying down the glue or whatever it is and then laying down the carpet and then not being able to like not even like thinking to look up and look at like everything that there is around them and to look up at like all of the other people in the world even doing the same exact thing as them. And so coming into like contact with whenever we feel like we're so immersed with like having to get things done and complete these tasks is exactly when we have to tap into whatever makes us feel expansive and whatever gives us space whether it's physical spiritual or or mental like whatever gives us space and whatever gives us a sense of equilibrium and peace and breath within ourselves. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, are there any last images or words that the Akashic Records want to share for the listeners? There are always ways in which you can connect and talk to your masters, teachers, or loved ones, or all of them. That every single person on this planet has been guided by and helped by this amazing ethereal team that is so full of love and joy and just like beaming with like <laughs> excitement for your for your very aliveness and like existence on this earth and a lot of times we can feel like we're so alone and so isolated in our path and that we're like pioneering in a way new information all by ourselves but in reality your team is always wanting to help you. They're always wanting for us to talk to them, but they can't they can't reach us unless we make we make the connection first. We open up the pathway to them first and give them permission. And another way to think about these 
these beings or this team is to also know that they are an innate part of you, that they are your highest self in a sense. So it's, it's all you, it's all connected and it's all there for you to give yourself permission to tap into and to just ask for guidance and that it's a lot, it comes a lot easier than we think and a lot more gracefully than we think. So yeah, we're never alone and we don't have to do everything by ourselves. We're all in this, on this planet together for a reason. Hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I think that those were all the questions. Um, that I wanted to ask. So how do we close the records? Okay. So I'd love to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones of the Magic of the Spheres podcast viewers for this divine and magical transmission for their guidance, for their vibrational offering and experience, and for their love. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. That was really cool, Stephanie. Thank I, you. <laughs> I'm really curious um, what what stuck out for you. And um, I loved hearing the stuff about the podcast. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, when I, As I was talking about that, the thing that actually stuck out to me was spiritual nutrients, that your podcast is literally spiritual nutrients for this community. Cause it really feels that way. It feels like we're all sort of like planting our own seeds together and tending to this garden together, Uranus and Taurus vibes. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all like wanting to, create the nutrients for each other and like and like um help facilitate like like the spread of these nutrients and and these roots that we're all in together that's really cool i've been thinking about starting a facebook group for the podcast so that people can meet each other who are listeners yeah um i should probably do that i feel really um when i think about my own birth chart i feel like i have a lot of dharma here about creating community and like building Mm. community and my saturn's in aquarius too so it's like learning about all of that and yeah i just think it's really um special like whenever I'm in like school like in the graduate program that I'm in like I feel like all of our souls had this kind of contract to be in the same cohort (laughs) you know so when it comes to like any space that people gather I think there's a meaning and there's connection there yeah um (laughs) I had to let Esme out she was 
kind of bugging us at the start of the podcast. So she was, was feeling it. She was feeling <laughs> the inspiration. She was like, I want to be in this with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, how do you tend to feel after doing Akashic Records readings? I feel like I'm sort of levitating. Like I'm like, okay, Stephanie, here's your chair. Here's the floor. <laughs> it's like in a good way, you know? Yeah. It's funny actually, because that fog that you were talking about, I've really felt that recently. And I've also been in like a, I have to get this stuff done. And I've been under like finals kind of pressure and stuff. Yes, and me too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've even felt that the sense of the fog, um, it's a, it hit home, like that image. Mm. Feels, and I just love that um, that perspective on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and right now the North Node's in Cancer. So I think it's really interesting because Capricorn, some people might not think of that as a sign about feeling, mm. um, but its polarity is Cancer. And so I think yes. that when it comes to knowing what's right, you know, like that shouldn't be divorced from feeling. And if those archetypes are polarized, then what's right, you know, duty and restriction and tradition, it's like separate from warmth and what feels good in our bodies. And so totally, I just got this whole like download and new perspective on Saturn Pluto about, you know, if coming up against those boundaries um, and the, the shame triggers or whatever it is, the stuff that feels really heavy mm-hmm. being a kind of portal or a gateway into more feeling like, oh, like this script that I'm unconsciously running by of what I should be doing right now actually hurts my body right now. So maybe I should, you know, do something else. And yes, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm having to have compassion for myself over it too, because sometimes, for example, to get all my finals done, it's like, a limited amount of time and I'm just doing my best and I yes. may not be the most balanced, but, um, I'm doing it, you know, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when that passes, um, I mean, yeah, I'll have some more opportunities, I guess, to figure out how I want to relate to reality. So yeah, I just, yeah. I used to have this fear that, Anytime I was doing something that was bad or like resistance, you know, so I'm doing something that feels a little bit off mm-hmm. that I'm like fucking myself over in this like terrible way. <laughs> and now I'm just like, no, you know what? That's going to happen sometimes. And if I can just do my best and do the things that feel the best, the most often great, but I'm not going to beat myself up for drinking a lot of caffeine during finals <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's... To add to that, <clears throat> I think a lot of us, especially a lot of us that are in school, we view finals or even just the completion of our degree as something that like, okay, once once I get over this, then I can live my life. But the truth is there's always going to be like projects or duties or jobs that we're always going to have to like be in and like it all comes down to not if it's actually going to get done because we've been through a few circumstances where we know it's always going to get done like we always finish finish through but 
it's a question of if we want to come out on the other side as being like revitalized and excited because of this experience we went through and because of these this foundation that we built or whatever it was that we acquired or being and feeling drained from it because of because of how we just approached it and how what relationship we had to it and i think like the polarity of of the cancer capricorn um spectrum is to not think oh coming to a place of intuition and feeling first is the right thing but to use discernment on whether we're operating in this Capricorn, like do, 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 get this done, and then feeling tired and drained from it. Um, yeah, to just like come into this knowing of when there's resistance in that, and then tapping into like the cancer essence of things, of being in a more intuitive feeling, almost like psychic way of being, and tapping back into that, and like refueling yourself with that and like refueling yourself with oh this is why I was doing all of this in the first place Mm. you know I love that um the vision of not having to necessarily do one archetype first like yeah because I've doing you know this work to finish finals and like try to like you know complete everything I've been in like a Capricorn-y kind of space but I actually Mm. had a similar I had a like a bad dream where I had to go up to give a speech and I was like moving through my files on my computer and I was like looking for old writing and I couldn't find it. Mm. And it was my time to speak and I asked for an extension. And so another (laughs) speaker went up and Mm -hmm. by the time it was my turn, I just still didn't have anything. Mm. And then I went to go write the speech um, you know, in real life, because mm-hmm. I have a speech that I have to give. <laughs> and I wrote a first version and I was like, this is shit. I hate it. And there was a part of me that was like resigned. I was like, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to dissociate. I'm going to give this like shit speech and pretend that I don't care. And like, just like that thought was running through my mind. And then I remembered the dream. And <laughs> I thought, had this feeling of like, does the dream mean that it's going to come true no matter what? It's just fate. And I was like, no. And I was like sitting at this desk and I looked up and I was like, God, I don't want that dream to come true. I want to produce a speech that I'm happy with, but you have to help me. Like, please give me some inspiration. Yeah. And then I wrote like literally four more drafts. And then I gave the speech um, in class. Like we've been doing a few practice versions and it went over really wow. well. And I keep developing it. And it's like, I feel like this like rag like is being wrung out. There's something (laughs) very weirdly painful about this process. But when I look back on it, I'm like, ooh, like this is so good. Like I love what's been coming out and it's been showing me that um, the -hmm. forecast writing that I do is very electric and just like it comes out of me and it's like it's joyful. And it wasn't like that when I first started. I used to cry like a lot of weeks when I was writing the forecast because it was so fucking hard. And now it's just like easy and electric. But I have to remember that with my writing process that and I hear other writers talk about this, that sometimes you go through the mud and then you come up with something. Yeah. And so (laughs) my spiritual self that's like, oh, only do the things that feel good. You know, sometimes there is treasure in this like thick, dense forest. Um, Yeah. 
So, and to yeah. just go through it and not feel like I shouldn't do it because, oh, it doesn't feel right yet. Yes. You know, and that's the discernment. Yes. I like how you asked your your sense of God for guidance. And I think that's very much the archetype of cancer is of touching back into this divinity within ourselves, and of the sense of like this this higher power because it's a water sign so it's very much of like just being this embodiment of divinity and then coming from that space and then watching everything everything just align in the material plane from that space and I think a lot of times we we feel like things will take a lot more time than they actually do or could if it's coming from this state of flow mm-hmm. or this state of being in touch with with the divinity with the innate reason why with with which why we're doing something so sometimes we do have to go through the mud and um really just just trudge through it in order to relinquish any sense of shame or judgment we have around it. And then a lot of times I found where, for example, I went to Coachella in late April and I was thinking to myself, I'm really like overdoing it with this coming so close to me, graduating from my freaking graduate program. And I'm like over here going to a music festival, but it actually like helped me view the artists and the people playing there from this place of like inspiration of like gaining inspiration from them which then helped fuel me for from for what I was doing for this this seminar that I had to give too so it's like we can put we can put play first a lot of times yes, like it will you. help you it will help help like clear your mind That just gave me a flashback of a mentor showing me how to create plans to bring a big idea into manifestation. Mm. And toward the end of this, like there, I don't remember the exact sequence, but one of the steps is like go out and have fun. And it, you're going out and having fun becomes an oracle space for the universe to give you inspiration for the project. And if Mm. you get into that space where your head is like down at the desk and you feel like you can't get up from it until the work is done, you're missing that important like fertilization process where you just like go out and have fun and the universe helps you. So yes, yes, yes. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, And so you give really amazing Akashic Records readings and people can find you on your website and Instagram, right? Yes. So my Instagram is at Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E, period, Sundara, S-U-N-D-A-R-A, and also theurbanremembrance.com. And also the email for the website is theurbanremembrance at gmail.com. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Urban Remembrance is, too? Oh, it's my baby. It's, um, I'm wanting for it to be, and I'm still working on it, but I'm really wanting it to be this portal and this hub for, for a community, in a sense, of people who just 
want to deepen their spiritual practice and that want to or that have an open perspective towards learning about anything and everything that's not um, considered like traditional, that's even like controversial in a sense. And I'm also wanting to incorporate my own life experiences and my own like insights on things like um, meditation, of course, and Akashic readings and intuitive eating. And astrology is such a big part of my life. And overall, I think the urban remembrance is for us to be aware of and and come into greater relationship with our sense of inner home this home that's within us that we can always come back to because this the slogan is from the city to our roots so it's um like kind of switching our perspective from what society wants us to do towards what what comes from our roots whether it's ancestrally or within the earth and also like within our soul like what anchors us within our soul so i'm still working on the blog posts but i really want to write blog posts and also i'm working on my podcast and um and yeah i'm just going to take it from there well everyone <clears throat> listening you should go follow stephanie um, you are such an uplifting person and Aww. in such a grounded and real way. And I just feel so inspired by you. So thank you for coming on thank the show. You. This was so fun. Thank you for this opportunity. And I'm really excited for how this is going to come about, like how this is going to continue on. Cause I'm already like, I've already listened to all of the episodes and each one I'm just like, Oh my gosh, yes, this is what I needed. <laughs> oh, that makes spiritual nutrients like makes me so happy and the way that I've approached <laughs> the media and like books that I've like I would devour like books out throughout my life like mm. I would read for hours and hours and I would flip through like different like I would try to find books that felt like the juiciest most like I have Pluto Mercury and aspect and just mm. like I was looking for like the best you know so yeah this like I've hunted for like good information for like my whole life. And then when it comes to writing, I've like wanted to distill that. And so hearing that something has like nutrients in it is just like, yes, like that is the intention, you know, like yeah. I've, there's a sea of information, right? But I, mm -hmm. it's like, where are the gems and like the, or putting words to things that people aren't talking about, but you feel it, you know? Yes. Like that's, I've always sought to be. You know, I wasn't necessarily a conscious search, but certain ideas or certain things I would read would make me feel super alive. And I was found the common thread was that they were putting words to something that no one else had ever said before. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now you're doing that yourself, like putting words to things that other people haven't been able to do before. And it's so cool that you use that feeling that information or books have given you and like taking that and running with it because it lets people know that you are you are consciously like curating this you're not just like trying to put out a bunch of like random information about a bunch of things like there's a very there's a core intention within everything that you do and it it comes across and it's so amazing and like inspiring <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> I'm 
I'm just so like I'm I don't even know I'm like beyond words right now. I'm just so happy thank you so much for like learning about the Akashic Records and bringing becoming a conduit so that you can share this really high vibrational information with people that I think is really life-changing and helping to create the paradigm shift that we're all experiencing as a collective where reality is full of all these possibilities but if our simple systems and our language and the way that we talk about reality puts us in those you know houses where we're just looking at the carpet and not looking around you know we can't find those things so i just really appreciate how you embody possibility and fun (laughs) (laughs) and i'm really excited to see um what comes out of urban remembrance thank you so much thank you this has been such a pleasure such an honor and just such an amazing fun and playful experience thank you I had such a good time recording with Stephanie and isn't her voice just so soothing? I feel like her brand, the urban remembrance and the intention to bring people back to an inner sense of home is just something that she embodies so well in every moment. And so since this podcast was channeled for you as the listener, I would love to know what you think about your path of clairvoyance and if you have any struggles along the way with your psychic sensitivity talk to me about it i would love to create content that addresses those questions so that we can thrive as a clairvoyant community together all right i hope you have a beautiful rest of your day